Hello there, this is Comparing Apples to Oranges, the podcast where we take two things in the same category that don't belong in the same genre, and using a special set of criteria designed for this episode, tell you which one's better. I'm Mike, and... Hi, I'm Jeremy. Welcome back, Jeremy. Glad to have you. Glad to be back. Um, this is, uh, usually you take a brief hiatus between episodes because I run through some other guests. Uh, last time I think it was two years, so I'm glad you're back so soon. Yes. Um, we are, of course, uh, doing this over Skype, so my audio is going to be really loud, and you're going to hear me take drinks of this bottle of beer sometimes, and Jeremy's just going to be clear, and I hope that I fix that later. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're not going to hear me take drinks, because I have a headset that I can mute. Smart. Smart. Fancy, fancy. Oh, no, I have a headset. I'm just not going to use it correctly. <laughs> so. ah. power of Power of technology, Jeremy. Um, I, wear, I wear this all day and use it all day working from home, so it's second nature to me. Have you found that you hate doing stuff with a headset that isn't work-related because you're like, this is just for work? No, not really. Like, okay, that's good. I, I did this. I've done stand-up shows that were, like, online, and I'm like, oh, I could set up, you know, a mic. I have microphones and I have mic stands and stuff like that, and I'm like, or I can be able to mute it if I want to blow my nose. Right. Yeah, let's do that. Um, are you, have you been in any like non-work related like group calls or Zoom calls where people are putting on like the virtual background that you oh, yeah, you yeah. keep seeing people do at work and you're like do, do any comedians try to do it unironically? Um, They're just like, "Hey, look, I'm on the beach. Check this out." I think so. Yeah, probably. We've done code names, the like the yeah. card game, mm-hmm. like via via Zoom, and you put the red or blue card as your background so that people can tell, can remember who's in their team. That's very smart. Okay. See, yeah. we're we're learning. We're <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> it's awful. Um, well, I'm glad you're back. Uh, you suggested a very interesting uh, matchup today. We have media with. Y- a year as the title. So slash things with a seven in it. Correct, of course. Um, there's, there's two different categories that they fall under. Yeah, you are one of the few people who, um, I think you understand the premise of the podcast, but you always take it to a a very unusual extreme, which I'm a hundred percent in for. Because the first episode we did was Gabriel Iglesias versus Enrique Iglesias, <laughs> which is like the perfect matchup, but it's so hard for me to try and come up with criteria later, where it's like, yeah. how do I say stuff that isn't just wildly racist about like, <laughs> And then, like... It's like, why don't we pick white people with the same name? Yeah. <laughs> because they all have the same name. It's like, yeah, we're cool. going to compare Paul Blart to... Oh man, I don't want to do that. It's not interesting. So today we did Paul, uh, Paul McCartney. No, terrible. But yeah, I don't want to watch Paul Blart. <laughs> That's. Yeah. I'll listen to Wings. You know, I'm fine with that. Band on the Run's great. And that's not why we're here, Jeremy. We're not here to talk about <laughs> Band on the Run. We're here to talk about the musical. All right, I gotta use the right words. Okay. It is the 1972 American musical drama film 1776 not the one based on the David McCullough book 
but the one based on the 1969 screen uh, Broadway musical that has the same name. It had the same director, the same writer, and it used the same music. And it had the same uh, lead actor, I think. I think that it had like Mr. Sweeney from uh, Mr. Feeney. Feeney with an F. It's been so long since I've watched that. It had uh, four of the same. It had William Daniels, Mr. Feeney, Ken Howard, John Cullum, Howard De Silva. So that's uh, Rutledge, Benjamin Franklin. I can't remember who Ken Howard is. But it had all the same people. Uh, those were the four main ones. So apparently, Mr. F- yeah, we'll just get it out of the way. Mr. Feeney is the lead role of John Adams. Um, do you think he has a good singing voice? I'm, you know, let's just get this out of the weeds now. I think he does. I think it's good for, for uh, what it's supposed to be in this musical, as far as I can tell. I like because it started with him not singing. It started with him like sing talking. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I, what what's gonna? Like this movie is almost three hours long, and it's gonna be this. Yeah, it clocked. So mine clocked in at two hours forty three minutes. Turns out, I think I got the director's cut because it I had the director's cut as well. But I don't, I don't know. Is there a shorter one? I think so because the like the whole. Did you read about the the Richard M Nixon debacle? No. Okay, so. Uh, to further complicate things. As reported by the L.A. Times, the song Cool, Cool, Conservative Men depicts Revolutionary War-era conservatives as power-hungry wheedlers focused on maintaining wealth. That's from the L.A. Times. According well, all, everyone <gasps> in the movie. Not that one guy. No, it's like, of course. Like... <laughs> not, not as presented by the movie, but everyone historically, yes. Um, but they go on to say that like the, per, the film's producer was a friend of U.S. President Richard Nixon. So you're like, oh, this guy must be real nice. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So Nixon requested that the song about conservatives be removed uh, because they're like, we're moving to the right, always to the right, never to the left. And then it's just like, they don't want to do, you know, they don't want America to be America because they'd lose some money. So Nixon apparently saw the song as an insult to the conservatives of his time. So he was definitely missing the point. of the musical because it suggested that conservatives were the ones who were hindering American independence, which is, you know, the crux of the, the narrative of the musical, because you can't have a musical without, you know, drama and, you know, conflict. He did not know that. And, uh, they also dance a minuet, minuet, Mm -hmm. uh, which is usually how I misspell minute really fast, you know, when you're typing really fast and it's like, did you mean minuet? You're like, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm going to be there in three minuets. Yeah. Um, so apparently not only did he like, there was a whole hubbub and he demanded that it was removed and they had to remove it. Uh, so I guess we saw the, the director's cut cause it was back in. Oh, okay. And then, uh, it turned out that the whole thing was anachronistic because those terms left and right didn't come about to the French Revolution. Yeah, I had that thought during the movie. I was like, like, or no, it wasn't during the movie. It was we we watched most of it one night and they got late and we finished oh, the next day. And same. I, mean, as I, was bed, I was like, wait, those that came from the French Parliament, which doesn't exist yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did not uh, question any of the history 
historical accurateness, accurateness, accuracy of the movie because I'm a true patriot, and so I didn't do that. Um, the whole time I'm just like, this is great. Can we say what we're uh, comparing it to? Because we still haven't said yeah. that. Okay. I mean, we're going to focus on this one first, it seems like. But um, The reason – so that is a uh, movie – well, it's a play that was turned into a movie with a year as the title and a title with sevens in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, we read and watched a serialized speculative fiction multimedia narrative – uh, by a man named John Boyce, and it was yeah. published online through SB Nation, which is the sports news uh, like brand uh, department of Vox Media, which I did not know. When you think yeah, Vox really, Media, you definitely really, don't think sports. So it was, it was Sports Blog Nation, and I think they pretty quickly got bought by Vox. That makes sense. So they've been the same thing for a while, and then now the department or whatever it is that John Boyce does stuff for, mm-hmm. um, which was SB Nation YouTube. Now that got spun off as Secret Base. Okay. Um, which is still part of SB Nation. But that was, uh, that was after this came out. Um, okay. That is what the sequel to this is yeah. coming out on currently. Okay, cool. So it, uh, it came out July 5th, 2017, and ended around July 15th, 2017. And its name is, I'm going to, I'm going to call it 17... 17- 776. That's what I think it is. I've what been you... calling it 17776. That's uh, not bad either. People disagree about what to call it. The sequel is called 20,020. Which is perfect. That's easy. Is like, there's no dispute. But I think part of the joke is that you can't, you don't know what to call it. Or it's like, long. because, you know, we, we never, we would not say 1,776 for the movie we watched, so I'm not going to say 17,776 for the. Mm-hmm. Uh, speculative serialized fiction multimedia <laughs> that we consumed, but like, would it maybe it's like 17k 776 or like uh, one eight thousand years from now, people will be used to there being five digits, but right now, <laughs> I don't know if we'll have people then. They yeah, just I might doubt, be, we'll then. Uh, you know, conscious uh, Jello that uh, records. And it just records, you know, the year by, uh, you know, other things. Wow, I'm doing a good job of speculating fiction <laughs> myself good, over good here. <laughs> I haven't been practicing, okay? Um, so, just some fun facts about this. So, we are saying his name's Boyce, right? That's what yeah. we're thinking his name is? Okay. So, uh, he I is... Can, I, can, I can tell you kind of the background to yeah, this. Yeah, go for bit. it. Absolutely. Like, I first... Encountered John Boyce. He was writing a column called um, "Breaking Madden" mm-hmm. on Espionage, where he would do like ridiculous scenarios, like in Madden games, based on things that are happening in the NFL. Um, and then from there, he he created a, a couple YouTube series. One was called Chart Party, and one's called where they do like sports statistics stuff. And one's called Pretty Good, which is about stories that are pretty good. Uh, and those are pretty great. But then uh, a few years before seventy seven seven six. The first thing kind of like it came out, which was called the Tim Tebow CFL Chronicles. Right, that's what I got in my notes, too. Yeah, Tim Tebow moves to Canada, and it's this, like, ridiculous... Instead of being in in the NFL, right? Okay. Well, he he fails his NFL, so he goes up to Canada, which he never happened in real life. But then Canadian football, like, 
like a javelin pops out the back of the football when you didn't want to do a throwing play, kind of like the <laughs> vortex footballs. Oh, I love like, those. It's been decades since a team has scored a touchdown, but when you score a touchdown, uh, the the end of the stadium opens up and it goes into um, bound for street mode, and then they just play <laughs> like forward all the way across Canada um, until they lose the ball on downs. Which is like <laughs> how some of the football games in 1776 right. work. Now, are you familiar with the television cartoon of the late 90s called Mutant League? Uh, yeah, I was hoping that was what you were going to say when you said television cartoon series. You're like, oh, Beast Wars. Here goes Mike again with his Transformers are better as animals. I get it. Okay, no. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Mutant League. The, I, there was never, never such like a like, I consider that speculative fiction because I think it took place in the future and it was like, it was what if X-Men just played sports? That's That was the premise of the show. And the thing is in unlike uh, 17 77 <laughs> 6 uh, it was not just football. They played football and it was like super baseball. full contact and like there were spikes on the field and like a pit of lava. They played baseball. They played limbs all the time. Hockey, and then like people would. Did you ever um, listen to Welcome to Night Vale? That yeah, uh, narrative podcast. Like it, yeah. So they also had like one of their recurring like tertiary characters was a was the like high school football quarterback who like grew separate arms in something <laughs> and they're like this isn't fair but like it's it just seems that whenever anybody like wants to get that when it's really easy to imagine what ifs with sports because so so similarly or so so much of the time that everyone's like matched up like these are enormous like olympian athletes who are just mm. fighting each other and we we watch it and we're like you know the, the most common thing is, like, when we're watching baseball and someone's like, oh, I could throw better than this pitcher. He's like, no, sir, you cannot. Like, yeah, absolutely not. If you threw 50 miles an hour, I would give you $1,000. Like, <laughs> And it's not even like like you watch someone, like, be bad at their job, and you're like, if I if yeah. that was what I wanted to do for my career, right. I would do better than them. Right. Well, that's not true with sports <laughs> because your body cannot do that. And so that, and that's one of the things that um, is you ready for this one? Tackled in seventeen seven seventy six is every single person can play football, and not only can they play, they're going to play. Uh, they're virtually tireless, and they can. They're even though their and bodies, their bodies can be whatever age they choose. Um, one of the main characters, Nancy, is I think she's she has the she has the appearance of whenever, whenever the final yeah like the moment the, happens the moment that's what aging. it's called people stop aging new children stop being born people stop dying or I guess the children aged up to adult adulthood but they like, they ended up finding that they could have technology to change their bodies so old people wanted to stay old but we don't really find out if and then they just sort of mentioned that no one wanted to be kids, so because yeah. that's that's kids are like yeah, that's weird. Uh, so you like two of the characters we see. There's an old man hiding in the cave. I think his name's Eddie. Yeah. He's on like nine thousand years of hiding, 
um, because one of the things that I find very interesting is even though they're still playing football, they're really interested in changing the rules to make it more interesting. Uh, as mm. like that's one of the premises, and um, we see like the whole what happened immediately after people tried to play football and wanted it to be different, and you see like the weird stadium with like there's. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. a statue of Sir Richard Raleigh and there's like a couple of houses that are just in the middle of the field and then um, that was a pretty great, the whole chapter was a pretty great just making fun of the NFL and like their ever changing catch rule right like this is one of those things where I'm like oh if you didn't know anything about sports you'd probably still think this is funny but it yep. is very clearly a reference to they're constantly trying to define what a catch is right and, and they're like it fucking ruins the game occasionally they talk about well it's you're technically possessing it, but then if we, you know, understand theoretical physics, your electrons never really touch another thing's electrons. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> and then they're like, is that a skyscraper in the middle of the field? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, I... Mi- don't even talk about it. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I forget about that. Uh, and then another thing is that they talk about the game that it's only like a hundred yards wide but it goes for a couple thousand miles and then they get stuck in the ravine for you know a couple hundred years so it's the i think what this does really well is with good speculative fiction it you don't get bogged down by stuff where he's just like uh people stopped aging and they can't die (laughs) this is like oh yeah it's it's very um he's committing to a very stupid bit yeah and he's really committing to it because it's like from the very first chapter when it's just like a, a bunch of calendars yeah. and it's like these are the days that these satellites were able to communicate with each other right like 500 days apart and you're just scrolling past years yeah to find the next comment you're like oh this whole thing is going to be very very stupid but very like straight face stupid except for you know there's obviously there's jokes and uh, um so talk about what talk about the multimedia aspect because it's not just uh scrolling through text and then there's the occasional youtube video but the youtube video is just animated text like it's just text that you read over a like almost so it's music a of, it's, like, it's, it's a lot of google maps stuff so it's yes. like kind of going from because it's okay i guess we should clarify this the, the narrators or the main narrators are these three sentient satellites that are real life satellites but in the future they can communicate with each other and with people on earth it's pioneer 9 pioneer 10 and then the yet to be launched supposed to be launched like two years from now mm-hmm. uh french satellite the uh jupiter icy moons explorer aka juice <laughs> which is the perfect like football name for... oh yeah it's <laughs> Whenever I looked that up and found out that was a real satellite, my mind was blown. Um, when they're talking about different things that are going on, different football games, some of them are barely football. Like there's one where it's just basically like the playground game of 500. Mm-hmm. You throw a ball on same a... number, except there's a cannon <laughs> on um, Mount Denali yeah. in Alaska firing 500-pound footballs <laughs> at uh, the continental United States. <laughs> You know, as you do in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I yeah, and I thought that the the parts where 
he sort of stops talking about football and you know waxes lyrical and then um you know attempts to be philosophical it doesn't like it doesn't feel saccharine it doesn't feel like talking to someone in college at a party who tells you that they're like studying philosophy you know like it's it's very everything everything exactly everything anybody says seems pretty realistic and uh well it's kind of like because it's all these people are living forever and it's kind of a take on what could have happened with that where like where where space travel doesn't pan out because earth is so far from other places and they max out on speed at like 50,000 miles a second which is like it would still take you a million years to get anywhere right um and you know people just decide to keep things the way they are because they Um, are a modern society of the 2000s (laughs) which to, to some extent it's like him coming up with this like philosophical reading on humanity that makes that possible right like to make it possible just to use the existing maps and have people talking about existing things that clearly if in if this hadn't happened in the way it did where they created like a global network to preserve buildings or whatever the fuck yeah these buildings would not be there in 15,000 years right but um it's it's on the one hand it's like his kind of reading on what is possible that feels plausible for like human human kind in terms right. of like oh hey yeah if if death didn't exist how would we react whereas like and I, and I like the show The Good Place yeah but sometimes like moments would be a little too sweet and almost yeah. preachy uh-huh. and whereas this it always like you don't you don't notice it doing that right because it's still the same stupid fucking premise yeah yeah uh i think at one point um they do they talk they have like a legitimate discussion about like well why are they still doing this they're like well do you understand what scarcity is and like because we've ended scarcity there's time right there's the guy was playing double exists but scarce time is no longer scarce right it's like crazy part that i blew my mind and well and then that was their argument for like well you know it that's why we need to find something to do and play is a great form of recreation it's a great way to kill time mm-hmm. and then they don't want to just keep playing regular football because they're all superhuman effectively so yeah that one woman the 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 part they start watching football a woman runs into a tornado (laughs) as a a tactic across across nebraska the score is 24 24 they've been playing for like like 100 years (laughs) and uh the 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 goal lines are i think wyoming and iowa or something like that so so yeah yeah, um, i think it does a good job of uh not getting in your face and it it sort of like sets up enough stuff where it like the world doesn't get in its own way Mm -hmm. and and it's like he clearly is thinking certain things through and then it just like pops up as a joke where it's like the 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 
like baseball card type like yeah. stats yeah. for players and it's like fun fact this guy was president in the year 13,000 whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah of course there's been 3,000 there's 3,000 living former US presidents <laughs> and like half of them are just playing football <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think somebody was the secretary of the interior for two years that's just like <laughs> a blip Wikipedia fact of them uh, there's um and then there's there's little glimpses at people that like aren't doing football. Like at some point the police are chasing someone and then they explain it away and it's like, Yeah, some people are bored so they're just like our police even though there's no crime. Right. Or like uh the guy working at the Burger King and the woman talking about her sister mm-hmm. just goes to work, comes home, spends like two or three hours cooking a fancy meal and then watches Law and Order SVU <laughs> and goes to bed. <laughs> And it's like there's enough episodes that you just forget them by the time you cycle back through it. And then I think they do a good job where they're just like, well, why would anyone waste their time doing that if they could live forever? And I think the argument would immediately be, why would you waste your time doing that if you can't live forever? <laughs> but yeah, but I yeah, I don't think it it really comes down one way or another. It just sort of introduces you with stuff, and then because the characters we see are interested in it and they don't try and push it on you. They're not trying to say like football's good. They're just saying it's entertainment. It's play. And I think they do a good job of Yeah. Demonstrating and, that. And by people being immortal, it like it removes a lot of the negative things about football. Like you watch football and you try not to think about a lot of these people are going to have brain damage. Yeah. Like that you don't have to worry about that in this. Right. Um, oh, one of my one of my favorite of of the football games is the one with, where it's a bunch of people collecting footballs oh, yeah. that were autographed by Coy Dittmer, <laughs> a guy that was like a backup NFL quarterback, but he'd been pretty good in college. So there's like yeah, it's like twenty of them in existence. Yeah, they, they keep calling – whenever they create a new thing, they just call it, like, a new football game, effectively. Like, game three, four, eight, set, whatever. Right. And then while he's looking for more balls, we hear him, like, talking to his wife about a new way to play with speedboats that he's thinking about doing. In, in New York, because global warming <laughs> happened, and New York and Florida and parts of Georgia and most of Louisiana are all underwater. But don't worry, all of the people and cultures have been preserved. They just that's like the juice throwaway at the end when he's trying to answer all the questions. The throwaway ex- explanations that are like, oh yeah, don't worry about that, don't worry about that. Uh, yeah. Just just pay attention to the premise of this. Yeah. And don't think about things on the edge. And a, so a, I think Boyce is on record somewhere saying he's like he wrote this because it would be quote unquote pretty fun or like you're like he you know like. <laughs> Because you can't, you can't type in seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy-six into the internet, and not like the first seven hits are like some guy who read this and he's like trying to write like a paper for his professor. Like it's the oh, pe- really? they go into it. Like they're like this is talking about you know the the theory of you know, the theory of play and why, how it's so important to the human experience. And couldn't you just, I'm just like, guys, they have like, the the best part is they talk about the satellites first making contact and we get to see like a register of the 
their conversation back and forth, and it's like, what if we just say fart to them? Like, this, oh, yeah. this is not supposed to be serious. First, first contact from the satellite is yeah. the word fart. <laughs> just as a joke, and humanity freaked out. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think it's like any good, like, worthwhile art, is that if you just try to make something and make something be good, and try to make it be funny or whatever, and you are a good person with opinions and like you're gonna end up making art that like is about something even if even if you just set out to just like dick around right like if it's worthwhile it's gonna have something to say and so i think he you know he's trying there's there are certain things he's trying to say in it but it's just funny to ascribe so much yes like may not be there college student scholarship to it yes man we're really taking down those those college eggheads. <laughs> um, I had a paper in college about uh, Tim and Eric, so it was for my art and science of comedy class that I took. Did they write a great job on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too inside. <laughs> there's, there's like there's more on Tom Goods of the Mayor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. But okay, there are a couple connections between our two, uh, the two pieces of media we consume. First of all, I think it's um, you can't not recognize that 17,776 and 1776, pretty close, you know, just uh, yeah. uh, yeah, just well, magnitude of ten off. <laughs> obviously, I think it's just a reference to an existing piece of media with a year in the name. Like he could have picked any number. Yeah, he picked that, and also. You think about it, seven is the only um, single-digit number that is two syllables. Huh? So, like... That's true. It just just makes it even harder to say the three <laughs> sevens in a row. <laughs> One, seven, 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 <laughs> six. Uh, but it did come out July 5th, which, you know, right around that uh, yeah. 4th of July, where 1776 ends on July 4th. You're like, what... Um, one of the historical inaccuracies, of course, is that it did not necessarily get signed on the 4th, and was definitely not completely signed on the 4th, so, of 1776. Um, they do not address that. Uh, but um, another connection, one of the um, leads of the movie is named Donald Madden. It's a football name. And um, <laughs> what else did I see that, like, blew... I'm like, oh, this, this counts. Um... What else? I, found, I have some connections. Please. One, uh, focused specifically in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, because they, they do allude to in, in 17776 and 20,020 that that's like, yeah, the rest of the world's out there, but we're just talking about the United States. The same Which, way that, like, the yeah. American Revolution is, like, not just the United States, but it's just about the United States. Yeah, especially because, like, Ben Franklin had so many, like, French ties, and they talk about, like, the German Hessians, and they're just like, well, like, the whole, George Washington is literally off screen the whole time yeah. for this movie, so. Um, one of the other things, oh, uh, whenever George Washington writes that letter where he's like, is anyone out there? Is anyone yeah. reading this? Right. That made me think, that directly made me think of the beginning yeah. of 7776, when nine gets contacted by 10 and is like what is happening where right. are you yeah please please talk to me for like 500 days um another thing is they're both about basically 
games with real elaborate and kind of stupid rules. Fair. Definitely. Like, both the process of getting people to agree to sign the Declaration of Independence and some of these football games are like fucking a labyrinth of just random bullshit rules. That people take very seriously. The players take yes. very seriously. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, huh. And they also deal with infamy and trying to be remembered or not remembered and that kind of immortality. That's a stretch. That is not at all. Um, I think that's so that's a good connection, but it's too good of a connection. Like my my Madden one, that's the kind of level of connection we're looking for here. Okay, like we're um, talking. Ben Franklin's Ben Franklin is the juice. Because <laughs> um, he's the end, he's I kind of irreverent. Him just saying Ben Franklin quotes every line. I'm like, okay, that's a little too cute. Stop it. Um, can, I think the guy who plays Thomas Jefferson is probably a football player. He was like six four, like. <laughs> For some reason, like sculpted hunk. I'm like, did that make any sense to you? <laughs> Why they had I mean, this I guy think, in there? I think that is, is. I mean, Thomas Jefferson was really tall. I thought. But was he like, was he a number one stud? Was TJ like a hunk? Well, here's here's okay. Here's one thing about that movie, is, I, I mean, the, my favorite sec, like sequence of the movie because mm-hmm. it is the stupidest. <laughs> is the part where Thomas Jefferson trying to write the Declaration of Independence. Yes. But he's too horny. He can't do it. <laughs> because he's been away from his wife for a while. And I and 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 I I've, I've talked about this on stage before because the first time I we only watched the first half of this like on Fourth of July a couple years ago. But I yeah. talked about this on stage where it's Thomas Jefferson who off the top of my head is the most famous historical rapist. Is right. in this movie so faithful to his wife that he just like <laughs> <laughs> won't come when she's not around <laughs> to the point that it's affecting his job uh, so in a similar bent I was very frustrated with that scene because like he keeps throwing pa- like he'll write something and then crumple it up and throw it and I'm like dude paper costs like a bunch of money back then like yeah. you would not and it's like you wrote half a sentence cross yeah. it out this is the this is a you're gonna do it all in one go. If you have a typo, you're gonna fucking throw it out and start over. <laughs> yeah. So turns out. Typo. Is it called a typo when you're writing by hand? Uh. Probably. That isn't. That's an interesting question. <laughs> Misspelling? No. Yeah. That's yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that another frustrating thing was like, why did his wife go and like sing and dance with the other two guys like? They just go back up and have sex with them again. They're like, "Hey, we know this movie isn't going to pass the Bechdel test, but what if we have two women in it?" <laughs> You're like, "Oh, one other similarity is John Adams and his wife presumably communicating by writing letters." I hope so. Communicate in real time. What if they're psychics? Yeah, they're able to communicate in real time, and it's the same kind of thing as in the other oh, one where it's nine like, and ten. hey we just invented a way for them to talk to each other even though they are a trillion miles apart it's the the quantum field yeah yeah just put it's funny, it's funny how they were like well in order to have people give up on space travel and just stay on the earth and play football uh space travel is not possible but uh quantum communication there we go like i love yeah when speculative fiction it's like Okay, yeah, 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 okay. In order for the story to happen, we need these things. Okay. 
Yeah. Don't ask questions. Yeah. I believe, I can't remember the movie, but they were talking about how whenever you're making a science fiction movie and you want to do a really cool scene, and they were talking about, like, yeah, so it's Angelina Jolie and this guy, and they just get done having sex in space, and they're floating in space, and he's taking a drag of the cigarette, and he's, like, blowing the smoke rings over her, and one of the writers is like, you can't smoke cigarettes in a capsule it'll explode and they're like so we'll just have him say thank god they figured out the technology yeah. for blanks yeah. <laughs> just like and okay. also the technology for me <laughs> for us to have for me to get a, a full erection and zero gravity <laughs> and also the technology for like whatever yeah. who cares exactly no that's the whole thing it's like they, they talk about like the MacGuffin is the thing that pushes the story forward where this is just like everything's magic because we figured out we what we really want to do is push the story forward <laughs> What's interesting to think about is, is is there a connection between kind of hand-waving certain facts for speculative fiction um, and answering certain questions but not others? Is that related kind of to the stylistic choices that, you know, are non-realistic in musicals? Like the guy walking up and ripping off the calendar... Right. Like, he goes and does that in the middle of the day and rips it off, and then it's the middle of the next day. Like... Yeah, the, I would that, call that, them the, stylistic choices. Yeah. Because... Also, why would you have a calendar like that? Okay, so you put up a pad of paper... <laughs> that's so every, big. With every single date on it, <laughs> and then every day you rip it down, and like you said, paper is expensive at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, one... $500 on that pad of paper. <laughs> it's okay, they're rich. Uh, they did a pretty good job of, at, similarly, where they're like, they, you know, because they did a half-assed job and they, they at least recognized it, they're just like, well, we had to cut, like, 50 people who would technically be there and would be yeah. characters because no one could keep track of all that. Parentheses, we didn't want to write any more of this than you had to watch, <laughs> so... Yeah, because it's like, oh, there's three delegates from Delegates. Delaware. There's three delegates from Pennsylvania, uh, and then there's basically one or two from everywhere else. It's right. Like, uh, yeah, we're not gonna have sixty people in the room. Right. And then they talk about how, because this Congress was notoriously very secretive, all of the like quote unquote facts that they have to work with um, were in a way speculative because they were like secondhand from letters or journals oh, yeah. from after the time. So they're like, and there is like, they did, uh, you know, on the IMDB, they did like the physical or like the, um, nitpicking debunking where it's just like, so-and-so says that he can't do it because his wife just had a child and they're like, actually he had two daughters and they were born later in life. And like, the whole thing with, like, Martha Jefferson actually was, like, had just suffered a miscarriage and was, like, battling gestational diabetes, and so she mm. couldn't have come and done a booty call to, you know, be the, yeah. the sexual muse of Thomas Jefferson, the famous violinist, which, it turns out, he was good at playing the violin, yeah. if you know what I mean. In 1776, they do some, or 17776. Thank you. They do some, like, referring to, like, old historical things in yep. America. Like like the the amphitheater that was built 
out of material for making sidewalks in mm-hmm. Nebraska, mm-hmm. and like that that cave and the big the big uh, light bulb. Yeah, the big light bulb. Um, in the sequel, twenty thousand twenty, at some point they refer to um, Jesse James and his gang. Yeah. And, um, Merrimack Caverns. And and so and so Juice is like, so what do you what do you know about him? And Nyan is like checking my my onboard whatever blah blah. He's yeah. Like, oh, he was kind of like a Robin Hood type character. And Juice goes, wait, what? And he goes, wait, hold on, doing more research. Oh no, that's not true at all. And he goes, and he goes yeah, you. Uh, you're really good at researching, and you have access to all information in human history. But you got to remember that you're made by Americans, so a lot of that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I am watching a movie that is that." Yeah. Uh, appa- yeah, because apparently Thomas Jefferson actually hated Benjamin Franklin, or not Thomas Jefferson. Uh, John Adams apparently hated um, Ben Franklin. They were not best buds. Wow, that makes sense. Uh, but we bi- we both did know that uh, Ben Franklin did want the turkey as the American bird because mm-hmm. it was native to America and it was scrappy, not unlike a continental soldier. He said at one point. But it's too delicious, and you wouldn't be able. You wouldn't be. I mean, national bird. Have you eaten an eagle? I mean, legally, you have to say no right now because they are. Not, not that I know of. I mean, Ooh. I could eat an eagle in another country. That's a, that's a solid answer. I mean, I haven't. I don't they're gonna. Tr- I mean, they will try and extradite you. So just heads up. Go to Brazil. Eat an eagle. Um, I, I think I'm ready to. Hmm. Are you ready to dump on 1776 some more? Or are you ready to transition to the next part? What are you thinking? We could we could dump on it some more. Um. um so the it is well known that this has the longest break of singing and dancing of... I didn't know that was well known, but it is... I definitely did know I, I, that. Apparently it's well known in the community. So, like, I am... Um, I, I do not know anything about musicals. The Like, the last musical I saw was Chicago in theaters. Mm. And I think, so, like, I'm just, this is just not in my wheelhouse. I don't know that much about it. But they said that, um, so it's over 30 minutes of a very long film slash musical passed between the Lees of Old Virginia. So in the beginning, there's, like, three songs right away. And then, but Mr. Adams, which I don't remember that one. And then, so on the DVD commentary, the director says, they experimented with adding various songs in this section, but nothing ever worked. So that means everything that was in it, they thought worked, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, because it starts, and you're like, okay, oh, it's like practically an opera. They're singing constantly. And then you're like, what, was that all of the singing yeah. in this movie? Wow, it's they're really like, singing about saltpeter. Like, I think we're just going to, that's just going to be the thing we're doing now. Yeah, it's it's also funny they don't they never explain what saltpeter is. Like I knew what it was. Right. I've read about it before, but yeah. What a weird thing to have two of your main characters who are like separated lovers sing about vociferously. Like. And also, the saltpeter is not shipped to New York so that George Washington and his army can use it. It is shipped Philadelphia. to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, <laughs> so that the Congress can. 
I guess turn it into gunpowder? Like, what? You got it. First guess. Um, another fun fact, the fountain in this, uh, the scene where the leaves of old Virginia and then, like, John Adams yeah. falls in it, uh, that's the fountain from the beginning credits of the TV series Friends, if you've ever seen that show. Um, it says the fountain still exists directly across the street from the Bewitched and I Dream of Genie houses. So, just a weird thing about Hollywood, man. That's weird. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, okay, so, like, the whole thing with, like, slavery in this movie, it's like, <laughs> they had to... Because it's the 70s, it's man. Bring it up. It's the 70s. We're Even all woke. didn't bring it up, but then also, like, Thomas Jefferson is like, hmm, I have already arranged for my slaves to be freed, and it's like, <laughs> when you die... And then they said... It took you know, like some of them were freed yeah. when he died. Yeah, the uh, ones that like had bore his children. Like what? A le- so according to some of the uh, things I was reading, um, the only person who actually freed his slaves once, seventeen uh, seventy, or like once the revolution was successful, mm-hmm. was um, the the Witherspoon, the the New oh, Jersey guy. Because yeah. he was a Quaker, and they said that the reason he was opposed to independence is because it would the the suggestion for gaining it was through war, and he wanted civil disobedience because Quakers are um, historically nonviolent. So not only did he like he was the only person who was there who freed his slaves, even though everyone agreed that they weren't going to do that, but he wanted. The reason he was against it wasn't because he was pro-slavery; it's because he was anti-war. Which I'm like, that seems that really been, interesting. That would have been more interesting. But you can't also sing like, away that, you know. Also, like they were like, well, we've got this one conflict with the guy from Georgia. Mm-hmm. We can't have him also join the Carolinas and wanting to keep slavery. Right. Even though that is just as much <laughs> the Deep South. Right. Yeah, and apparently, uh, like. The whole like because it was it had to be dramatized like down to the like the last vote. The guy who like they try and pressure is being like it's gonna be you're you're gonna be remembered as the guy who hated independence. They're like no he was a pretty vocal like supporter of it like that's not what happened. And what was the other thing? Yeah, they that said, seems so contrived at the end. It was like hold on, this movie's so fucking long and you're gonna come down to this. <laughs> Uh, they also mentioned that there were northerners who also didn't like the the phrase about slavery, that they wanted it taken out, and that all of the language was taken out after people signed it. Like, everyone agreed that they were going to make an, uh, a declaration of independence, they all signed it, and then they went back and changed some of it. Which oh, I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah, so. So which one's more fiction? The Ooh. one about the future or the one about the past? No, you're getting to the categories. We'll get to that the in one a about, second. One about the future. Damn. <laughs> Just by the sheer definition of what fiction is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a character named John Adams that existed. This and is more true than Nancy the running back. <laughs> Who gets sucked in into a tornado. <laughs> Um, I do want to read this one uh, review, not because I agree with it, just because it's like such a hilarious burn. Okay, so this is Vincent Canby of the New York Times observed, The music is resolutely unmemorable. (laughs) 
The lyrics sound as, sound as if they'd been written by someone high on root beer, and the book is familiar history, compressed here, stretched there, that has been gagged up and paced to Broadway's not inspiring standards. Yet, the screen version insists on being so entertaining and at times even moving that you might as well stop resisting it. Like, he was panning them so hard with, like, because when that one guy is... talking the musical, but then he's like, the movie found a way to do it. Which apparently was, like, pretty common. Uh, like, mus- uh, people who liked the music didn't like the movie, but most people who didn't like the movie liked the musical, which is oh, okay. confusing. I don't understand how... I mean, like, there were a lot of stylistic like it was very 70s and like the the way the camera moved and how they zoomed in on shit and like how did like when they were having John and Abigail talk to each other like the whole let's just put like Vaseline on the camera and make it dreamy oh, yeah. like that is it, it didn't try to do be anything but of its own time which was kind of crazy yeah I think the the music like sit down John at the beginning gets stuck in my head. Sure. Like, that is very catchy. It is... It's not... The lyrics aren't much. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. I am trying to remember almost any of the other songs and how they go, and I am struggling. Um, do you... Yeah. Uh, what about The Egg? When John Adams, Ben Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson, like, play Patty Cake... And uh, like talk about how America's a big egg. There's a bird oh, coming. Oh fuck! I forgot about that. <laughs> this it's so unmemorable. Whereas like, yeah. I read um seventeen seven seven six. Granted, when you're reading it, it takes a lot longer, and you're more invested. And mm-hmm. it was spread out over a couple weeks, and then I sure. reread it in like two days. Sure. But like, I could have been like, like okay, so this movie. I remember, like, certain things about it, even though I just saw it the other day. Whereas, like, that, I was <laughs> like, I remember Lady Goes Up in a Tornado. Yeah. I remember the searching for the Koi Dittmer balls, and I remember going to New York. I remember the guy hiding in the cave. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might have forgotten that briefly, but, uh, yeah, I remember there's... No, I just didn't remember his name. Um, uh, I think the thing with, like, so the calendars much. at the beginning, like, is so unusual. I had, I had unusual. that, and then as soon as I opened it back up, I was like, oh, yeah, this... Because um, my favorite part now, like, going back and thinking about it is, like, but it was very frustrating in the beginning was, like, he's, like, turn your magnetometer towards me, and or, like, towards this degree, and he's, like, I don't have a magnetometer, and then it's, like, the only, like, four, you scroll for 300 days or whatever, and then it just says, yes, you do, buddy, and then it says, oh, yeah, I do, and I'm, like, what the hell? Like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. If it's gonna like just really fucking do this idea. Yeah. yeah. Sentient satellite from the twentieth century. Very very interesting. I'm 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 wondering whether I should tell you what the premise of the sequel is or if you should just read it. I I don't want any spoilers because I didn't get any spoilers for seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy six and I was so pleasantly surprised. Where like is something similar to um it, it's about a, a particular game mm-hmm. it is similar to a couple of the other games in certain ways 
but then it is so much bigger and dumber. Okay, cool. That's great. Like, but in so many ways. I think what I appreciated about uh, it's how they took, like, they introduce you to this whole world, and instead of like world building, they just do it with like conversations, and so you either infer things or like you get caught up in the people and you stop thinking about uh yeah. like the world around it and so much you're just interacting in the the story which i think is what you're supposed to be doing well like there's things like um one of the episodes i guess is it's like the transcript of a podcast called yes football or yeah. terrible football like that where right. they just talk about games that didn't work including the Oh, including the one where people got stuck for a thousand years in uh, a canyon and right. didn't get out and kept playing. But then also the one where they accidentally put the width and the... <laughs> and it was like a one-yard wide field for a hundred miles. <laughs> and we know that the games can be like up to 10,000 years in length. So it sounds very, very silly. I think, yeah, I appreciated how whimsical it was without, I think that's what I missed about 1776. I'm like, if you're going to dramatize something that was really serious, why are you trying to play some stuff for laughs and then other stuff you're trying to like over-dramatize and it kind of falls flat? Like the ending scene where like you're hearing the Liberty Bell, which never actually rang, like, <laughs> and then it's just like, everyone stands as if it was like a Greek painting like that didn't match with what had just happened where like the drunk guy's like I want to see everybody's face as they sign the declaration and you're like this is so it's like you're getting whiplash between it because it's like well it's you a you should have made it dumber like, like, that's that's what John Boyce did really well is he just made everything very stupid even yeah. serious well just because like this there is a precedent for serious musicals those exist but then this didn't want to be a serious musical because it started with sit down john sit down like the yeah, our, sit our down, john and then like the whole se sequence with thomas jefferson <laughs> and comparing america to an egg and like thomas <laughs> jefferson boning his wife again and john adams john adams being like wait you think they're doing that now it's daytime and he's like <laughs> Not it's everyone's from Boston. Boston, yeah. <laughs> People in Boston are stuffy and don't fuck unless it's nighttime. But apparent, apparently that was accurate because he was a Puritan, so. Oh. That that that's the one piece. Also, like, uh, he had five kids. It's not like he didn't bone all the time. I was kind of expect like they made Ben Franklin dirty, but they didn't give him syphilis, and I'm like, if he, that's I call that not committing to a bit, like. He, he was his... syphilis at that time, or did he get it later? I'm just assuming he had it at all times, because he was a it's doctor. Important. He was able to treat himself, so... Mm -hmm. but... What did you think about when uh, 17776 uh, broke the fourth wall briefly out of the concern for its reader's safety? Um, I appreciated it in a way that I thought that the... I thought it was breaking a fourth wall, but I didn't think it was breaking the fourth wall. So I thought he knew he was being observed by the satellites, and I thought that the satellites 
like feed was being read by someone else. Does that but make the sense? Thing is, but the thing is, if someone from that time, <laughs> so basically, this guy is hanging out in this cave because there's a loophole that said, mm -hmm. um, if you whoever has the if you have the ball in your own end zone and you stay there for is it twenty thousand? No, ten thousand. Ten thousand years. Yeah. Then your team wins. Uh, and his team was like losing by a lot, so he hid in this cave in Louisville. But then he breaks the wall and says, "Hey, uh, if you're reading about this on SB Nation, uh, don't go to the cave. There's a really high carbon monoxide, and you will die. Right? Like, don't do that." As a, uh, but the whole premise is like these. This no one can find these caves. Like I thought it was a made-up cave. No, it's a real cave. You can look it up. It's a real, like place. That's um, weird. But. The thing is, if he was talking to someone in the world of the of the story, they're all immortal. He literally and addresses and that the too. That could heal them. Yeah. But so I think it's clearly him talking to people that are reading John Boyce. Yeah. In 2017, it's like, hey, I know you're like a super fan or whatever, but don't go die in this cave. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, it was weird, but so is the whole thing. So. Yeah, and it felt like it felt funny, even though it was like, oh, you clearly do need to say this. Yeah, because people are dumb on the internet. People have been doing. Yeah, it's you don't want to go to jail because Reddit got too real. All right, so I don't think he would even go to jail. It would just be he's, he's he would feel bad <laughs> that someone went and died in Louisville. The, uh, apparently, um, someone tried to find the um like lost briefcase full of money from the movie Fargo because like in <laughs> the Cohen brothers decided for it to say based on true events which is not oh. true they just made that up but yeah. someone would like went out in a snowstorm got caught and died looking for a briefcase full of money from a movie <laughs> so uh, maybe he saw that and he's like mm, that's gonna <laughs> I don't want my, my silly football fiction to <laughs> kill someone. Here's the dumbest thing about that, is that if they said, based on a true story, but they implied the briefcase got lost, someone between that happening and the story <laughs> and the movie being made probably would have already found it. Also, like, I, this is, you know, a little elitist. I didn't think that dumb of people watch the Coen brothers. I just, you know, like, <laughs> just sort of assumed that they're, like, the you know... About it. Nothing against the Farley brothers, but that just kind of seems up more their speed, you know. <laughs> like, all right, um, I think it's I think we did a good job. I think it's time to decide uh, which one of these pieces of media with a year in the title is better. Uh, so we'll be back in just a second with some criteria. Great. We got some criteria to determine. Which one of these uh, media with the year and the number seven in their title <laughs> uh, is better? So whenever we do uh, this podcast, we always talk about which one would you rather rewatch or reread. So we're talking about reconsumability. Which one of these does a better job of making you want to revisit it? Um, we talked about which one had a plot that revolved around the year that it's um, the titular year which one did a better job of that 
which one accurately portrays the United States because both of them even though they're the premise is definitely a the United States in the world it chooses to only look at specifically the, uh, America and then which one this is a, uh, this is a stretch um, so because uh, Jeremy pointed out seven sort of insists upon itself as a uh, English word because it's the only single digit number that is two syllables <laughs> um, and both of these uh, pieces of media choose to have more than one seven so it's you know getting a little what do you want like getting a little greedy you know which <laughs> one of these is uh, a little bit more difficult for you to get on board with so which one insists upon itself just a little bit too much so those are our criteria. Uh, do you want to start with which one would you rather uh, rewatch slash oh, yeah, read? Definitely. Okay, go for it. I very happily reread seventeen seven seventy six. Um, it's very good. Uh, I had only seen half of seventeen seventy six before, mm -hmm. and so I was like, okay, okay, I haven't finished it. Let's watch it again. But then it's so it's so long. Yeah, it doesn't take as long to um, consume, I guess, as the other one. But like, and here's the thing: seventeen seven seven six, it everything is very dragged out, and everything is very like banal, extra, unnecessary details because it's like just regular conversations. Right. But that feels like a good thing. Yeah. Like it's funny and interesting. Uh, whereas 1776, it's not that it's bad, it's just that it's, it goes on and on. I think, so, I, first of all, I agree with you. I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to rereading it before I read the sequel, just to, you know, have it fresh in my mind. Um, because I think 1776 is about something that we know happened. So it is telling yeah. a story, and we know how the story ends. And it takes just about three hours to recount minutia of that story. And it's not necessarily the most interesting parts of it. Like, they're trying to make these people people, and they sort of address that at the end. They're like, well, what, what will posterity think of us? We're not demigods, we're just people. Um, but they do a bad job of doing that because there's all that weird singing and they have, you know, John Adams has his weird catchphrase about good God and Thomas Jefferson looks like a Greek God. And like, it's just so weird that they insist upon making these people human, but they're just literal Broadway characters. Yeah. Like Ben Franklin looks so weird. He's got that ball cap on. Yeah. And you know, he talks in a really like accentuated way. And we know he wrote for Richard's almanac but like you said, he's literally just like a quote machine, and it's very unfun. Like ten of his lines in a row, it feels like, are like quotes that I've seen from him. And but like, no, he didn't he didn't say these all that day. And John Adams early on goes, "Oh, stop quoting yourself." He goes, "That one's new." And I'm like, "But then, like, by the end of the movie, you're like, okay, but seriously, stop quoting yourself." And then I, you know, this is sort of a false, you know, false comparison. But like, if they were gonna commit to you know, having 18th century, like, dialogue, like, you know, how, did, did you see the modern adaptation of, uh, Little Women yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bob, 
Bob Odenkirk popping yes. up in there. Um, like, that has the opportunity... Yes, it was written in the era, so, like, the dialogue, if they chose to keep it that way, would be of the era. But, like, whenever you do a modern adaptation, you have the, you know, directorial choice on how you want to interpret that, and they chose to keep it of the times. It seemed like the only person who was talking of the times was Ben Franklin occasionally. And then, like, when yeah. Thomas Jefferson would say something that he had written, and you're like, this is... it Again, it's like the whiplash, like you're flashing between the two. The other thing with that is that it's... Um, aside from when they go into the other room to sing and dance in the hallway... Of course. And, and then when they go to Thomas Jefferson's, like, little apartment and right. a little park outside the apartment, and then they come back. And then at some point, maybe, like, John Adams goes up the bell tower once. Yes. But other than that, it's like... The bottle episode. One, it's all in one room. I was saying that um, another episode that could have fit in a category with this one would be 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah. Um, but... It, all the Angry Men in the year 12, of course. Everyone remembers that one. It it's it, What's interesting is that it... It doesn't seem to do much with that limitation, right? Of being in one room. I mean, given the fact that they, it isn't all in that room. It's just that one weird sequence <laughs> in the middle that leaves and comes, and then they come back. Um, and it's like, if anything, that is an asset for a play, right? Because you can just have the one set and right. then kind of do some stuff out on the side. But as a movie, it gets it gets a little stale. Yeah. I think that's what, like, The Sound of Music does in a really good way, where it's like, you know, usually it's just going to take place in the house, and then they do, like, an outdoor scene, but it's like, you are part of the mountain life, you are part of the country, like, they do these huge panning shots, and they have the helicopter, and they're, like, in the water in their canoe, where this movie, it's just like, I guess we're in Philadelphia? Nope, it's a soundstage, like... (laughs) And we know that they think it's hot there when they remember to remark on that. <laughs> and, and then it rains. Fly- and there's a lot of flies when they remember to remark on that. But then it's... That's a really good know. point. That's a really It's good. not like... Uh, I mean, I'm comparing it to one of the greatest movies ever made. But it's not like in Do the Right Thing, where like the whole time you're like, man, they're sweating. Yeah. It is hot. Because I think that's... It's, like, it's the... like a musical where you're viewing it from a distance. You, you almost need like someone who checks consistency. You know, and I think that's what, uh, not one of the best movies of all time, but a movie with great consistency is like The Sixth Sense, where, like, he, Shyamalan said that he would review scenes, and if someone accidentally had a color, like the color red showed up on accident, he would go back and reshoot it so that things were intentional. Like, Mm. you know, and so some of that is with Do the Right Thing, where it's like, it's something that's supposed to build, so you keep turning it up like you keep paying attention to it and it becomes part of something it becomes part of the story that the audience has to pay attention to where like (laughs) the only thing we pay attention to is the calendar and it seems to be torn off at, at random yeah almost and yeah that's another thing that works really well with a play because you just change the lights but it's like why can't you (laughs) You know what? This isn't a play, guys. Like this isn't one of those like simulcast things. So, and it, it it's not 
it's not like a bad version of the play, you know. Um, no, apparently it was like like deep. as a movie. It, as a movie, it 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 largely works. Like, cause I was just thinking of um, the the Les Mis movie, the Tom Hooper Les Mis movie yeah, from a few years ago. I heard a lot of bad stuff about that. Um, that made a lot of bold choices that made it worse. Right. Whereas this was kind of flat, and it was it's fine. But like something, I remember something that someone said about um, the Tom Hooper Les Mis, that there's a song called like "Empty Chairs and Empty Tables" or something like that, about like how all of his friends like died in the revolution. Okay. And he was saying that like, in the play, a scrim comes down and the light goes up and you can see like the faces of all his dead friends. But in the movie, it's like literally a guy singing to the camera and there's an empty chair at an empty table. Yeah. And it and it is less visually interesting. <laughs> even though they have CGI. They, they, <laughs> yeah, less visually interesting than what they do in the play, even though they could cut away to other scenes. <laughs> this I, I don't think failed that hard. Right. Like it it, it didn't really. It just tried to except, be except the for play. A few sequences. It didn't really embrace being a movie. Yes. But it but it didn't um. It didn't trip over its own feet the way that fucking Les Mis did. Yeah. Because uh, they had a people that knew something about cinematography. Right. At least a little bit. I think that's a good point. Um, so which one of these do you think did a better job of accurate, accurately portraying the United States? Oh, absolutely, 7776. Uh, um, that's what I think. Just because it feels like a commentary on, like, how people consume media and how we prioritize privilege shit, but it doesn't, like, judge that necessarily. I think they did a really good job in 17.776 of only visiting, like, country folk? You know what I mean? Like, pe- Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it was easily convenient that all the people in New York City had to move, so, like, the only people in New York City are just, like, drowned... Uh, skyscrapers, but like it, it sort of you know we're in Iowa, we're in Nebraska, we're in Kentucky, like it's it, and then San Francisco for a little, but like just because that light bulb's there, you know. Yeah, it it just sort of seemed like in a lot of way, like I agree with you. Uh, it seemed very that did a better job, but like it chose to focus on America, like as sort of a monoculture, which is fine because it's like the people that like football that fits that correctly. Like, you know, they, they love games. They, they're, they're diehard fans. They love their rules, but they hate their rules. Like they love statistics. They, you know, they, they love minutia of like the, the, um, the Dittmer guy. Like I, I know people and they know all the stats regardless of how famous someone is. Like, that's, you know, they choose to consume that, mm-hmm. as you know, because they're so involved in the sport, and the sport is fascinating, and it's interesting, and it's all-consuming if you want it to be. And I think they did a great job with that. And so many people where it's just, like, the whole thing with, like, celebrity and uh, everybody recognizes her as the loser, and she kind of doesn't want to like lose it because that's also I don't know I oh, thought yeah. it did, I thought it did a great job of picking apart and understanding football and football fans I thought they did an awesome job with that 
and that's a lot of the U.S. You know. Mm-hmm. One thing, one thing that you said um, about how it's, which I hadn't thought about this, about how it's about a bunch of different like areas, like it's in, you know, Indiana yeah. and uh, like uh, Tornado so Alley. Much, so much of culture, like of media about the United States, especially like movies and stuff takes place in LA or New York right. or maybe Chicago. Right. And then if you do see the suburbs, it's either a McMansion or a trailer park. Right. You, you don't see like fucking regular like one bedroom house that most people have. Or right. Whatever. You know, like um you don't see like you don't see a lot of the in between and this, I think, uh covered a lot of that. Not to mention just like physically they talk about how big and empty the United States is, and I think they do a good job with that, where they're like, they, there's sort of like an off um, joke about like, there's this one sidewalk in an industrial park that no one has stepped on. <laughs> like, yeah, no one has stepped on it in, in 15,000 years. <laughs> and then they were like, you know who would have just climbed that fence and gone over there if they yeah. still existed? is children. And, and they were like, oh, oh Yeah, you think the next chapter is going to be about that, and it's not. It's like the Burger King scene. <laughs> so it's... Well, there's also there's that lady that's part of that group. Oh, yeah. not a lady, it's a man that's part of that group. Yeah. That Talking about like, Jesus. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in charge of uh, a 50-foot-wide... Yeah area then i'm supposed to go all the way across the country and document what's there yeah but then it turns out he's he's really talking about jesus which is very american too <laughs> it's like that, that was right on the nose him being like nervous about it and bad at it yeah <laughs> um i think and, like, so, 1776 yeah i mean it's it's about it's, american history it's, a, it's about america but it's like yeah the declaration of independence exists it was signed by people that had these names but I don't know. It, yeah. If I had seen this in like elementary school or like the fifties, right? I would be like, yeah, but like the internet exists. Yeah. And I'm like, well, Thomas Jefferson's a rapist. Right. And Very famously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These people are all rich. Like, there's so much that is being left out. Right. And yeah, like the story of American Revolution is not about the soldiers fighting. And I thought one part that made more sense to me is like how they talk about how New York constantly abstains from everything, and then the only time he cares is when his house is burned down. You know? Oh, that was great. That was a really funny moment. And I think that kind of speaks to the only reason these like I- ideologists would ever understand like the cost of wars when it directly affects their family and house (laughs) like (laughs) i think somebody needs to make it'd be fun if or no they don't need to it'd be fun if somebody made something kind of like 1776 but much dumber and and much more like from you know a marxist anti anti uh colonialist you know, anti-racist perspective. Yeah. Where it's just like, these are all a bunch of fucking dumb assholes. I think what I would who, like... Who are fucking idiots, but, like, they they have every privilege in life. And just I, acknowledge that constantly. I would like a, you know, 1776, the premise. However, it follows King George in sort of the producer's sort of way, where he's like, man, I gotta get rid of these colonists. How do I do that? <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to send these two idiots over, and I'm going to feed them the idea that they should 
have a revolution, and I think that would be really good. And it's like every time they win a battle, it's like on accident, and there's, you know, they the only reason they win is because they don't die, because there's no British soldiers, they're just fighting like scarecrows with red coats. That's what I think would be good. I think I think a better a better way to sum up what I had just pitched is like it's like how Wet Hot American Summer makes fun of like <laughs> teen like sex yes. comedies. Yeah. It's like that tone, but it is the founding of America. So like it's kind of <laughs> like Death of Stalin a little bit. Did you ever see Death of Stalin? Uh, it showed up on my recommended list, but I haven't watched it yet. Is it any good? Oh, you you okay. would you would you would like that a lot. Okay. That's yeah, good. everyone. Everyone is like a dumb asshole, and they're so <laughs> to each other. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, let's move on to uh, which piece of media did a better job of having the titular year as you know, a, other a character in the story or the plot revolve around it. Um, to me, that's seventeen seventy six. Okay, because the other one. The name is almost a joke. It could have been any year. Fair. I mean, it could have been 10,000 years later, you know? Right. Um, I, think, I think he just thought it was funny to have it be the same as as uh, the other movie, and then also release it on 4th of July. I th- so I'm going to do... Uh, this is Devil's Advocate, so I'm going to say... I think 17,776 did a better job um, being named that because 1776 is not historically accurate for the signing of the Declaration of Independence, so I'm going to play that card first off. Well, they did sign it that year. Not everyone, though. And that's how, it, that's how it ends. It, I thought they signed it in, like, September. Some people signed it on the 2nd, or they signed it on September, and then some people didn't sign it until, like, 1780. Like or, oh, some, really? or something like that. So, because I, I, at the end of the movie, one person from each colony signs. It. It's not everyone. Correct. Because I was waiting to hear Button Gwinnett's name because he's from Georgia. Uh huh. And his name is Button. <laughs> oh, did did you catch that the one uh the one guy's name was Josiah Bartlett? Yes. And let me Google that, and that is uh I'm guessing what. Josiah Bartlett from West Wing is named after. Right? That would be, like, really unusual coincidence otherwise. Because Aaron yeah, Sorkin doesn't seem like he's sleeping on that. Especially because they're both uh, governors of New Jersey. Right. Right up that alley. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think that 17,776 is appropriately named... Okay, this is a stretch because 9 gets independence. Ah. And it's all about America and his mm. appreciation, and he throws off the tyranny of non-consciousness? Hmm. Now, now I'm reaching. <laughs> I'll say, as far as we know, mm-hmm. 17776 is a more accurate depiction of that year, because <laughs> we don't have any competing information. I also think that... but. I would say, based on um, based on what we do know, 1776 versus question mark question mark question mark right is closer. Okay, I think that's fair. We also had like we had to split eventually. We can't just give it to yeah. 17. It's like it's not no, it's not polite. When you said this category, I was like, oh, it's the one that is the historical <laughs> one. It is about that year, 
and the other one is about stuff that's been happening for thousands of years, but they're just checking in on it for a minute. And I think that's that's the whole thing is like it's literally just it's such a specific title because it's just a year in a, a apparently an endless march of years. It's like the first year that you know nine comes on, uh, the the light bulb gets destroyed, and then we see glimpses of all the other stuff. So mm-hmm. I you know that's what I would argue is that I thought that being the title of the thing the plot sort of revolved around it but you're you're right if they called it like 17 or you know 15 something it'd still be it's like 1777 it's like okay you could have had that happen then too many sevens which brings yeah. us perfectly to the next one um which one of these was kind of difficult for you to swallow a pill so they're like hey jeremy should we watch a musical or a film adaptation of a musical about the dramatization of the signing of the Declaration of Independence or <laughs> the future of football 15,000 years plus in the future. Oh yeah, we did, I guess we haven't mentioned yet that the sub that the subtitle of 1776 <laughs> is what will football look like in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so like it sounds so like like earnest. Right. Like it's gonna be like an essay. Yeah. Um, I think seventeen seven seven six is less accessible than seventeen seventy six. It is way more up my alley. Right. I liked it a lot more. Right. I already knew who John Boyce was, and I had read, um, the Tim Tebow CFL chronicles, which are which also touch on global warming and stuff like that. Um, interesting. But yeah, it it it, it does a lot of things. Um, but like I, I, I have I have a friend I, I, I have a few friends that have recommended 17776 and right. a bunch of them were like oh this is amazing but yeah. one was like man this fucking sucks this is dumb uh, and I think that uh, his I, I look down at his opinions a little bit now right um, of course that's one of those things where someone says something and it makes you think about other things they've said and you're like hmm <laughs> um what do you mean you don't like to vote? What does that mean? <laughs> but it's like, but it's no, just what he said about other. No, yeah, of course. Like. But, like, I cannot see my wife getting into seventeen seven seven six. That's fair. Like, there's so many people. If, if you don't care about football and you also aren't like a fan of John Boyce, like already, mm-hmm. and 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 it's it's so long and it's so slow at first like it's, yes. so, it's so easy to get turned off because it's like the second like the third episode like once like it's the satellites talking for a little bit and then it's like you just dropped in on this con- conversation with these random people mm-hmm. having football players and then they talk about this Corey Detmer football collecting challenge and <laughs> it's like it's so much minutia especially with the whole it's a literal transcript of a podcast at one point yeah and they're shock and, jock podcasters oh, too yeah, the, shock, the shock jock uh, one, yeah, that's fun too. Uh, but like, 1776 is long and it drags, but it starts out with some pretty good songs, and then you're like, well, I might as well leave this on. Yeah. Even, okay. Even when it gets boring. Uh, like I think it's 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 way easier to get into. I completely agree, except that I'm gonna give it to 1776 is more difficult to get on board with, because I think that. 17776 is so novel with its 
Oh, yeah. Like, literally, you're reading a boring article, you scroll down, and then it changes. And then you, like, you, you are forced to interact with it, which I think, to your point, is a perfect way to keep people reading or get people off before they can, like, people aren't going to read all of it and then criticize it. They're just going to read some of it and be like, yeah, I didn't get into that. Or like, yeah. I read it and I loved it. Like those are, I don't see someone reading all 25 chapters if they're not into it after the calendars. And I think with 1776, I, like you said, I got into it because I'm like, okay, this is, I don't watch a lot of musicals. I am interested to find out, you know, some minutia the backstory of this super historical event and then it all like there's a half hour of dialogue and none of it's interesting (laughs) there's no like the story is one of the most compelling and it's literally like legendary because we don't have strong history like they could have created a really interesting story and instead he sings about like pins and salt salt peter like (laughs) like there there was the opportunity and it was you know i mean they could have made a movie about george washington hunkered down in new york with his troops like with fucking like this giant army heading towards them and them all feeling doom right like that make that and but have it be a lighthearted musical right because they've done stuff like that (laughs) that's the thing is like with musical theater, after, you know, after a while, people got super creative with it. Like, one of my favorites uh, is uh, Man of La Mancha, which you're like, how in the hell are you going to make a musical oh, yeah. out of um, Don Quixote? But it's so good! Like, it's it's compelling, it does interesting, creative, stylistic things that, like, the story wouldn't have done, but it also has, like, really good music, so it's like... You Man can... of La Mancha is so confusing because I watched that in college in my like intro to theater class, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking this music is amazing, but right. the story's kind of boring. <laughs> and I, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, okay, what is compelling about the book is not the events that happen in it. Right. It is the way it is told. Right. And I guess that's also true in the musical because the music is so fucking good. Yeah. Even though you're like. Why am I still watching this? Guy? Yeah, isn't it the same? Like it's it's not that different, right? And it's like, but and I think that's what I was frustrated with is because John Boyce does something so creative with something mm-hmm. like effectively he talks about how boring some of the stuff is, but it, you want to read about it because it's novel. Where oh, like yeah. 1776, we know what's going to happen, and then the stuff we don't know apparently is really dry and boring. So, <laughs> it's I found that frustrating, and, and I know a lot of the, what is going to happen is also bullshit. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have learned. Turns out the South is bad, and the North is good. You're like, oh, well, the okay. North is also bad. Like that, we should have learned that. That was, that's, you know, if they're going to make it like, like the, yeah. the South, the South uh, didn't want to put mills for their cotton in the South because then that would have required a larger like freed workforce that would be able to vote against them and so they put them in the north and then they complained that the north had all the industry and it's like you guys both benefited from slavery in in this situation no but they're good guys remember (laughs) it's like uh, and that's the thing is like 
I don't have a problem if you want to whitewash everything, but they only chose to whitewash half of it, which is oh, yeah. like a complete f you to history. Like, make up your mind if you're going to be like if you're going to turn it into fiction. That's you know that's a creative choice. Like, you you at least go in knowing that it's all bullshit. But if you're only going to do halfway, like if you're literally going to have Thomas Jefferson say, I'm going to free my slaves, and then, like, oh, and then you know he doesn't. Like, <laughs> move on like, like that is true. Yeah. That's a problem. Like, that's that's bad storytelling. So, okay, well, I know this is going to come as a shock, but uh, the future of football is our winner today with um, 17,776 votes in its favor <laughs> we've got a winner for which piece of media with a year in the title is better uh we'll be back in just a moment with um a new segment and uh recommendations so we're back this is a new segment that i'm calling uh snack attack and um it has two of uh, uh progenitors um munch squad from my brother my brother and me is a huge influence in my life at all times and um the podcast doughboys has a segment called uh snack or whack where they try weird things and so today we're going to try a bag of bones white cheddar cheetos which are cheetos that (laughs) instead of your normal shapes um i got a rib cage and i got a couple I guess tibias. I think I have a hand and a skull. What do you got? In, in the picture, you can set the rib cage, the skull, <laughs> and then those bones can be arms and legs, <laughs> and the hands can also be feet. And 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 then we have a uh, hostess pumpkin spice Twinkie. So we are uh, going to compare um, our apples and oranges here. <laughs> We've got fall uh, fall flavored snacks, and we're going to see which one does a better job what is fall flavor and what is fall shape no white That's cheddar white che- if it, it's not green or it's not orange cheddar that would be that would be more okay uh i'm gonna edit out the chomping now so we can go go ahead and chomp and then we'll talk and the pumpkin spice cream is i, I guess is that tan what, what color is that <laughs> i don't know i already ate it I dropped off two Twinkies, and I told Liz she could have one, and she said, I don't eat regular Twinkies. And I said, oh. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, so um, the white cheddar Cheetos taste exactly like Cheetos. (laughs) Instead of orange dust, you're going to get a light layer of white powder on your fingers. Um, Maybe ever so slightly different. I mean, they're different from regular Cheetos. They're like the Cheeto puff. Um, shapes that they do sometimes. That's a good point. I've had uh, the Cheeto Paws that uh, my niece and nephew are big fans of those, so we'll occasionally get those for family get-togethers. Um, the p- Pumpkin Spice Latte, or I'm adding the latte, the Pumpkin Spice Cream Twinkie was surprisingly palatable. Um, I am a fan of pumpkin pie. I am not a huge fan of pumpkin beer. And so somewhere in that um, spectrum, I think this lands closer to me liking it. So I'm going to go with the Twinkie as my favorite fall food here. What, what are you going to go with? Um, I like the Cheetos better 
because I'm not a huge Twinkie fan. Surprise, surprise. Think, <laughs> That's I fine. This, I think this was better than a regular Twinkie because the inside wasn't quite as sweet. Fair. Yeah, that that is unusual. Like, it didn't. Even though I guess pump is pump, pumpkin spice is that supposed to be like closer to savory? What? <laughs> I mean, it is sweet. I guess. Right. I don't know what spices are in there. Nutmeg. Uh, Just nutmeg. Allspice, brown sugar, and cinnamon. Yeah, brown sugar and cinnamon are sweet. So. Yeah. Um, that was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be either. I kind of wanted the bag of bones to have a little bit more something. I don't know. That would taste more like a bone? Uh, do bone flavors in. That bone broth, people rave about that stuff. Not me. Uh, I just call it broth, so I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, that is just broth. You know, you know broth? You're like, no, bone broth. You're like, you don't need to say the bone part. That's weird. Like, like chai tea. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> this one's leaf tea. You're like, damn it. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, okay, so that was our segment, Snack Attack. Uh, we, we're split. Um, I, right down the middle. Yeah, totally fine. Uh, enjoy fall, everybody. Um, more importantly, it's time for some recommendations. Jeremy has two recommendations, or he suggested that we both have two. One where uh, it is a piece of media that has a name in the title, and then a uh, piece of media that has a seven in the title. Is that correct? I just, um, I thought of some that had a number, or a, a year, but, oh no, I, I've, got, I've got a year one. Never mind. I okay. do both. So, my year one, um... Year one? No. I, I did not like that. <laughs> that was not a very good movie. I love Jack Black. At the time, I loved Michael Sarah. Not a good movie. I'm going with uh, 2000 A.D., um, the UK publisher of a weekly science fiction comic book um, whose they have a handful of uh, famous recurring characters but my favorite is Judge Dredd um, I've read a couple of the old things and then I was a huge fan of his modern adaptations in graphic novels and comic books and I'm a huge fan of the it's not Keith Urban Carl Urban? Is that the right one? The movie? I think it's I, Car- don't know his name. I think it's Carl Urban. Yeah, so I'm a big fan. I'm uh, promoting 2000 AD and their uh, futuristic sort of science fiction bent um, comic book series. Series. All right, Jeremy, do you want to do your year first? Uh, my year. I'm just gonna say 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, it's cheating because it's not just the year, but it's got a year in the title. Are you going um, with movie or book? the movie. I have not read the book. It's, it's, it's not bad. It makes a little bit more thinking, sense. I haven't read 1984. Uh, year 1 didn't look good. 10,000 BC looked bad. I did not like 10,000 BC either. So I was like, what year? So, oh, I haven't seen 1917. Yeah, I really want to, but I, I think it would be silly for me to have watched it just to recommend it for this, so yeah, I abstained. Um, I'm sure there's another year based thing but yeah I'm going with oh okay. 2012 my students when I was in teaching in China they loved it uh, the John it Cusack like vehicle right yeah <laughs> the world ends I don't know um yeah it doesn't want Space Odyssey it's really good it is similar kind of to um 17776 in that it is about um a space yeah. Robot 
sentience. sentience. Yeah. Space computer becoming sentient and um, people having to do some kind of elaborate ceremony to switch it off, which I guess kind of you could relate to. Yeah, makes football, sense. But not makes really sense to me. A stretch. Uh, yeah. There's that scene where he's running in a circle. That's kind of like football. Yes. And the monkeys. Uh, you know, forgot about the monkeys. Yeah, very aggressive. Not unlike playing humans playing football. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that one scene where they're they're all drinking Gatorade. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> they dump Gatorade on the coach. <laughs> we love you. Uh, so, what do you think is a good piece of media with a seven in the title? The other day, Liz and I watched because she had never seen it before, and we we're trying to watch scary movies for Halloween, and it's not a horror movie, but we watched the Seven N. <laughs> about seven deadly sins. It was can, good. Um, can you just just for the the um, uninitiated? Can you uh, t- tell people why it's called the seven then? Because it's spelled S E seven E N. Uh, the the seven is supposed to be a V, but it, it, if it is, it's sideways. <laughs> um, it's got Jeremy always Freeman, the stickler. It's got Brad Pitt. I think this is back when Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow were dating because she's in this movie too. Oh yeah. Um, ignore the fact that Kevin Spacey's in it. Just. I don't know. Like you should embrace the fact that he is in it. For I'm not going to give it away, but he does a great job of portraying. Like it's almost like a biopic of him. You know. Yeah. Like... It's like what you didn't realize. Except, uh, <laughs> almost as bad. Yeah. In this movie, he turns himself in. Where in real life, we had to catch him. So that's the yeah. only difference. Um, I'm going to. Oh, sorry. Did you want to? Oh, that was it. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend 47 Ronin, uh, which is... Ah. Um, in a, It does a much better job of taking something from history and turning it into uh, speculative fiction that is overly dramatized. So the 47 Ronin is a um, Japanese uh, like folktale, and a lot of people were angry because... It has Keanu Reeves in a... He is not the main character. He is, like, a side character, but, like, they really pushed it as he was the lead because it had name recognition, and they're like, people aren't going to buy this if the lead is a Japanese person. Um, but everyone's like, you're just whitewashing it. Like, the, this this is stupid that you're having a, a white American be this lead. He's, like, he's part Asian or whatever. No, and that's the whole point, is, like, the... the character that he portrays is a half-breed, so in the movie he's um, half-Asian, half-British, um, wow. I think? And in real life he's uh, half-white, half-Polynesian, or Hawaiian, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And so, like, he, in real life he is multiracial, and in the movie he's supposed to portray like this half-breed that is rejected by both sides. And so, like, not only did they not whitewash, they did, they went out of their way to get someone who is authentically, like, multiracial mm-hmm. for this character. And he was not supposed to be the lead, and he's not the lead in the movie. But it does a great job of, like, introducing fantasy into a story that took place a long time ago, and that, like, history remembers one way, but then they just, you know, decide to amp it up to make it a movie. And at one point, there is a woman who turns into a dragon. So, you know, like, nice. I think 1776, if Ben Franklin had, if he had turned into a turkey at one point, just to, like, you know, that would have been awesome. And but Adams' wife turned into a dragon. I'm just saying, like, they are cowards because they didn't do it, and all movies should have Keanu Reeves with a samurai sword. So, yes. 
uh, a movie that I just remembered maybe fits, but it doesn't have a seven in it. But it has the word seven in it. Is Seven Samurai? So that was really good. But it, we already yeah. recommended plenty of things. I was going to recommend that too, but I'm like, this is too silly of an episode for me to try and tell people about the Criterion <laughs> Collection. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it is a great movie. I recommend it. It is not scary though, and it probably didn't happen. So, unlike yeah. these two, which definitely did happen, just a mm-hmm. different way. Uh, so, Jeremy, uh, this is the plug time in the show go ahead and uh plug away your social media uh yeah at jeremy Helwig on twitter um at Helwig jeremy on instagram i never post there unless i am traveling for comedy so it's gonna be a while um <laughs> thank and, you for being thank you for being responsible i know people are yeah. still traveling so no, I, people, I people are doing indoor shows locally and you know fuck that yeah but um, I have a podcast called Sorry Please Continue. Haven't posted any new episodes in a while because of quarantine. Right. It's a storytelling show where people tell stories and we interrupt with jokes and stuff. Um, if you live in St. Louis, I'm doing stand-up comedy outside at Nine Mile Garden on November 17th. It's a Tuesday. So you can come watch me from a distance tell jokes outside. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, great. Well, thanks a lot uh, for coming. Today's uh, episode of Comparing Apples to Oranges was convoluted and silly, so perfect. (laughs) We did a great job. Um, We decided that uh, you should definitely check out 17776, and uh, it sounds like Jeremy's promoting the sequel, 2020. Uh, 2020. That makes way more sense. We are are currently 2020. No one check this out. All, uh, all the John Boyce's stuff. Okay. The Bob Emergency. Watch. Look up pretty good. Lots of things. Awesome. Uh, so this has been Comparing Apples to Oranges. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. The eagle is a majestic bird. The eagle is a scavenger, a thief, and a coward. A symbol of over ten centuries of European mischief. The turkey. The turkey is a truly noble bird. Native American, source of sustenance of our original settlers, an incredibly brave fellow who will not flinch at attacking a regiment of Englishmen, single-handedly. Therefore, the national bird of America is going to be... The Eagle. The Eagle. We're waiting for the chirp, chirp, chirp of an eaglet being born. Waiting for the chirp, chirp, chirp on this humid Monday morning in this... Congressional Incubator. God knows the temperature's hot enough to hatch a stone, let alone an egg. We're waiting for the scratch. There you go. How'd you like that? There's some uh, some Mr. Feeney and Ben Franklin singing there for you with a little TJ in the background. That was a real song. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been episode 55 of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Got that blogger site up and running. Looks pretty good. Check it out at thecatopodcast.blogspot.com. That's where all current and past episodes are. Put some goodies in the show notes today. Go ahead and check them out, as well as links to Jeremy's social media. Any comments or ideas for future episodes of the podcast, send it to. That Twitter account is at thecatopodcast, all one word. Or email us at catopodcast at gmail.com. That's comparing apples to oranges, C-A-T-O. 
Our intro, outro, music bed music was the song Thumbs Up by the great artist Leisure B. And if you liked his stuff, go ahead and check him out at humanworkshop.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye!